Hi, I'm Caitlin Pyatt, owner of Authentic Branding and Marketing, where I work with female entrepreneurs to brand, market, and grow their small businesses. I'm your host for this podcast, Startup Marketing. I'm a mom of three and entrepreneur, so if you ever hear little kids in the background, it's just my life, I'm trying to make this all work while I build a business. I worked as a corporate marketer for over 12 years, where I focused on marketing and branding strategy, along with marketing management. Often, I heard small business owners say they weren't doing any marketing because they couldn't afford to outsource it to an agency and they didn't know how to do it themselves. When I started my business, I knew I could take my expertise and my experience to help women thrive by teaching them how to create strategic marketing plans they could feel confident about and show them the tools to make managing their marketing easy and efficient. So if you're an entrepreneur out there who's Googling how to brand and market your business, you've come to the right place. The goal of Startup Marketing is to make all of my marketing knowledge accessible and actionable so you can take it and level up your business. I'm a huge marketing nerd and I'm passionate about sharing everything I know with you. This podcast is genuinely one of my favorite things to create. So get ready to learn about all things marketing. Hey, Startup Marketing listeners, I'm excited to have you here today. We've got a great guest and conversation ready for you with Stacey Kieselman. She has an incredible story to share with you, so we'll be having an awesome conversation around her journey of entrepreneurship, as well as her tips for writing, because that's where she got her start. Hi, Stacey, and welcome to Startup Marketing. I'm excited to have you here today. Hi, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. So tell us a little bit about your background and what it is that you do. I am, what am I not? Um, I'm a writer, I'm an author, an influencer. I'm also a car accident survivor and I am a mental health advocate. Um, I started my entrepreneurial career after I survived the car accident. Um, And then, um, you know, things happened. Um, My, and I, got into the car accident about two weeks before graduation. Um, college graduation so or high, high school? College graduation. College. Um, yeah. And so my career path uh, was basically just not there anymore. And I had to work on a plan B. And what was so your original? I, my, oh, I was going to be in the human resources uh, okay. profession. Yeah. And so, but writing, uh, but I turned, uh, so, but I had a writing passion and I loved, and I, and I found my passion of writing while I was in college because when, when during my college days, I had to write a lot, essays, reports, um, documents, et cetera, et cetera. And so, um, after the car accident, I had to find ways to even make money here and there. Um, so. I just started, you know what, I'll try it out. And so I remember after six months of job searching and recruiters constantly saying no to me, I said, I took my credit card and I made a website and I became an outsourced writer for my, for clients. And so, uh, my business grew and I started out working, um, writing and, and editing resumes, cover letters because that's what I knew. I'm an HR professional. Yeah. And then it grew into a um, working with students, job seekers, entrepreneurs, authors, other professionals, really. And I wrote and I've been writing th- and editing and proofreading things like 
uh, government documents, websites, blog posts, um, mm-hmm. just about scripts, just like there's no end to what I did or didn't write, but like, and then, um, you know, with everything that has happened, um, a year later, I was diagnosed with epilepsy due to the car accident, and my business had to kind of slow down, you know? Sure. Um, yeah, and then mental health, you know, with that comes a lot of depression, because again, life is just like one thing after another and then the business not going well blah 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 so i turned into writing for myself because as an outsourced writer you realize that you it's you write for other people and writing for other people is wonderful it's i get i've gotten to learn so much about so many different topics i wouldn't take it back for i know don't take it for granted but writing for myself is a self-care moment really yeah. It was like um, it was like journaling, and my journal is my therapist. Mm-hmm. And so I realized, well, you know what? A lot of people have gone through the same thing that I did, and a lot of people don't have the support that I did. Yeah. So, or like family, etc. And like I realized that you know when you're when you're going through something, it's hard to really talk to family and friends because they don't really understand what you're going through as much as they try to help you. Yeah, yeah. So I decided that I would um, publish my journal out for the public, and then it uh, turned my journal turned into a book, which is now available on Amazon. It's called Twelve Years a Woman: My Journey to Happiness, and it's really what it is. What the title says: It's about twelve years of my life, and uh, how uh, that those twelve years are my journey to happiness. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. That, and now I'm constantly working on other things. Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, that is such a, like an incredible journey. And um, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine how difficult it is to kind of have to overcome all of those hurdles, especially ones that like, they just, they don't feel fair, right? Like it's, it's kind of like how do you how do you keep pushing through when when things like that happen? And I think your story is just a really beautiful story, um, and kind of the way you've taken it and and morphed it into something that is really meaningful and has purpose for you, even out of something that was really really difficult. Um, so so you wrote your book. Are you working on another one now? Did I read that somewhere that you're also working on another book? I was going to work on another one, but it's been uh, postponed due to, you know, mental health and my own struggles. Um, so I felt that it was the, it wasn't the right time for me to work on it. But sure, you know, I will work on it. It's just it's just a matter of when. Yeah, when it happens, when it happens, definitely that makes sense. So. With all of this writing and kind of your journey, you work to end the stigma around invisible illness and mental health because it's very much what epilepsy is. You know, it's something where you might look fine on the outside, but you have something, this chronic illness that, you know, really uh, influences the way that you work and, and live your life. So how do you go about working to end that stigma and really advocating for the types of resources that you found that you need and that others also need in 
in the workplace and in you know what you said is, is really interesting because i also have cerebral palsy which is a physical disability yeah. and to me um i've always managed i've always been very good at hiding my cerebral palsy because it's so mild and i've worked my butt off at making it invisible yeah. um as much as i'm able to but to me it's like cerebral palsy which is considered to be a physical disability to me it's sure. invisible and epilepsy which is considered to be invisible an, an invisible disability to me it's visible because if, so if interesting. it's it's invisible until i have a seizure in front of somebody oh because sure sure what if like how am i gonna hide it like right like, <laughs> yes, wrong. like what am i gonna say no no problem don't worry about it like <laughs> i'm good that's that's very true. I guess I shouldn't um, speak to kind of like the the visibility of it. Um, yeah, but, but you know, it's it's not just you. It's it's everyone, right? It's like it's it's just, it's how the society it's how society sees it. But for, yeah. as for somebody who's gone who has both of these a physical and invisible disability, it's kind of for me, it's very different. Yeah, that's so that's so interesting. Thank you for sharing that and kind of opening my eyes to that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought of it that way. I have, um, I used to have a coworker that I was, I was friends with a long time ago, whose daughter had a really severe case of epilepsy. Um, and it's, it was always, it was always so challenging and I didn't think of it. You're right. It is visible all as soon as you start, you know, as yeah. soon as you have that seizure, then somebody is obviously yeah. very, very concerned. And it's, it's a very public thing, which I'm sure then, you know, potentially draws attention and things like that, that, you know, like you said, you've, you've worked over the years to kind of hide, um, which it's, it's unfortunate that I, I think that people are made to feel that way, that like you have to work to hide something that is not in, not within your control. And so how, so how do you kind of work through and advocate for um, people who have these visible and invisible illnesses and the mental health aspect of it? That's a very interesting question because I believe that um, everybody has a story, um, especially now with the pandemic, like I've so many people are going through mental health struggles, but um, I used to be a very, uh, I used to be just very private about my struggles. Um, I, like, um, but I realized that, you know, if, I use with I go with what I have and I started my business because I have I've gone through what I have and I've used it as my um sort of like a my um how do you call it my promotional my promotion um my um ways of getting a client and so sure, I started well yeah because let's face it stories sell and you know, just being good at what you do is not good enough anymore. People want to get mm -hmm. to know you. Mm -hmm. Your clients want to get to know you. And so as I started slowly pro uh, promoting myself as this person who is, you know, has cerebral palsy, has epilepsy, has, has uh, survived a car accident, um, has, has gone through mental health struggles, um, and yet is married and living on her own and blah, blah, blah. And I realized that there is a story behind it like people like people want to get to know me people like Absolutely. that that it's like it's what they want to be a part of it or yeah. it's inspiring to them or they want to be um 
you know, they want to know that they help somebody who's struggled. Mm-hmm. Whether the, the case, whatever the case is, I don't care. <laughs> um, yeah. But for me, it's also about, uh, I realize that so many people don't understand the, the struggles that, you know, people with uh, um, invisible illnesses have because they haven't gone through it. And even with something like cerebral palsy, well, it's, I've been told, well, it's just your hand and you're, and you're limping. And it's like, no, like things are way more complicated than that. Sure. And, you know, the thing of with people is that a lot of, most of society, we, we, and me included, I mean, I was very ignorant before I had epilepsy when it comes to seizures. Um, we hear, but we don't listen. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and it's like, no matter how much I explain it to people, uh, they won't listen to it or they won't, and even, even if they do, they won't understand it. But social media has become so big that, and it's, and it's kind of like a support it's 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 a community yeah you know and we i myself have gone to things like insta like sites like instagram to to uh you know find a community when it comes to car accident survivors specifically mental health and uh, epilepsy because i didn't know anybody who had who's gone through those things Sure. so um i figured well I can be that support. I can be that educational part of, of the story of my story, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. I, if I, if I have what I have, I can't change it. I can only make it better. So I use it to my advantage. And now I'm just thinking of what more I can do. Like maybe, you know, uh, open a charity, uh, open a foundation, open an advocacy uh, company. Who knows? Sure, sure. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> all big, all really big undertakings. Um, but yeah, yeah, probably very, very, very rewarding. And I think, again, just um, like you said, kind of an inspiration to other people who are maybe struggling with the same kinds of things. That to to be able to take something that you struggle with and turn it into, um, you know, something positive for yourself, but then also something that makes an impact out in the world too, and and helps other people. Um, you know, see see themselves reflected back in in a space where maybe they don't normally see. Um, so, you you mentioned that you started writing your book as a form of self care. Mm-hmm. So, how what was that process like? Like, what made you think, "Hey, I'm going to because I write for other people. Let me try writing for myself." And what has that really done for you in both as an entrepreneur and then, you know, personally? Um, I had a very rough few years after um, the car accident and the, uh, and the, the then uh, my with epilepsy and the seizures, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't getting the right treatment. And, um, you know, the people around me weren't as... Um, they weren't supportive and they didn't give me the support that I needed, so to speak. And it's not because they're bad people necessarily. It's just that, um, again, they heard, but they didn't listen or they would tell me what to do when they didn't go through it themselves. Like, Mm. how can you tell somebody to go through some, to do something 
when they don't then when they haven't gone through a situation firsthand you know mm -hmm. so it's kind of like uh, i kept telling them my what my struggles and then they made it worse it's like stacy you can or you know like i was trying to figure out what triggered my seizures and then they weren't really being there or they they didn't respect my boundaries you know like like seizures is and managing seizures is all about lifestyle right so for example mm -hmm. now i can't go to bed late i can't drink alcohol i can't mm -hmm. uh swim on my own things like that which yeah. people mostly take for granted and i would be told like Absolutely. oh stacy you can go clubbing no it's not gonna do it be a big deal oh um Stacy, you can drink. It's not it's just like one drink, whatever. It's not going to be, it's not, not going to hurt you. Yeah, well, yeah. now I can say, well, it is going to hurt me because, you know, then I'm going to have seizures and then I'm going to be in right. recovery for a month. Right. Yeah. But when you're in it, um, first, first of all, it's like you cave because you're fighting so with you're fighting like epilepsy and mental health. It's like you're fighting so much with your body and your mind already. And then mm -hmm. you're just tired of fighting with other people. So you're caving. Um, yeah. And so I realized, you know what? I am my own best friend. I need to figure my own. I figure need, 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 I need to stop talking altogether. I need to figure out things on my own. And my husband actually recommended that I start journaling for myself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And as I started journaling, um, I realized a lot of things about the people around me specifically and what I and what I'm doing right and what I'm doing wrong when it comes to lifestyle choices um, altogether. And so it helped me um, uh, realize that I need to make I needed to make changes in my life. I need yeah. to um, I need to I needed to um, make like create boundaries with people and I lost a lot of people in my life because of it and you know what I'm glad people people um get mad when when you start creating boundary boundaries mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I realized that you know what when people get mad it, you, it means you've done the right something right yeah so that it's, it was journaling for me and creating the book and writing the book um was really like a moment of self-discovery and it took me a year and a half, but that was like the most precious year and a half for me, to be honest. Um, and sure. again, I would recommend it to anyone. It was my decision to, you know, make it public, but you can be journaling and not make it public. It's up to you. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Journaling is a very, I've shared this in a, in a previous episode, journaling is a very powerful tool, I believe for like processing, for me, it was anxiety, um, but I've known mm -hmm. other, you know, I have other friends that um, suffer from depression and things, things like that, and they they use journaling as as a way to process. That's very powerful um, exercise, and I think for you to decide, like, I'm going to take this public. What was that? Was it a moment that you knew that you were going to take it public or was it something that you just you thought on? Because that had, I mean, what a vulnerable moment to take a year and a half of processing really heavy things and making all of these changes in your life. And you've gone through this, you know, 
processing. And now you think I'm going to put this out to the world. Like there's nothing more vulnerable than, you know, a sharing your story that you've already been through, but then all that deep, heavy mental work that you were doing. So was it like a moment where you looked at it and you thought, I want to share this and I'm going to do it? Or was it something that like the idea kind of had to grow and, and seep in over time? I remember I was, as I was writing, I I was, you know, like typing and just sitting at, at my desk and I was like, you know what, screw it, I'm going to publish it. Because mm. you know what, to me, um, entrepreneurship is all about doing something that you're scared of. And, if mm. it's, and I believe that whatever scares you, you got to do it. So, mm-hmm. um, and especially because I used to be such a private person and to me, it's like, um, you know, there were moments there, I had people in my life that were like, you know, I've known you for so many years and I don't know anything about you. Like the only thing I know is that you have cerebral palsy and this is because I see it. And, you know, it's like, you know what? I've already been private. I already published it on social media and I want to give the support that I didn't have. So why not? What's the worst yeah. that could happen? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, so how do you, was it as, was it as simple as that as saying like, what's the worst that can happen? Cause I think it's, it's hard to be vulnerable in today's world. It's hard to speak like authentically to your story. And like, I'm, I'm also a really private person. So I know like I struggle a lot to be able to kind of tell my story outside of like this podcast. But even when I use this podcast for my social media, like I struggle to tell my story and it's not even really, I, there's nothing like ex- necessarily extremely vulnerable, but vulnerable about it. It just feels vulnerable to me because it's mine. But like, how do you get to the point where like you just, you decide that you're going to do it and you share it? That's actually a very interesting question. Um, I just took a risk, honestly. I just took a risk. And um, if you look at my socials, I mean, it's all about, like, I mean, it's it's all about living life um, despite having an illness and disabilities, despite what you've been through. Um, I don't do, I mean, I just do what I have to do. Um, I took a risk and I just went with my gut. That's all mm-hmm. it was. And I mean, I just, it's, it's just like, I'm just like, you know, I'm just going to do it. And I talk a lot about things like, um, you know, disability and illness and what comes with it. So, you know, I had, it's not just like just like about disability and that's it. It's a lo- it's about a lot of things. I mean, I had a lot of fun in my twenties. <laughs> you know, I was partying. I was. There's not just like this. It's not just like the stop story. It's yeah, it's yeah. about growth. It's about growth. It's about relationships. I mean, I have had a lot. I'm just like a normal person, like you, your friends, whatever. It's just I had a lot of. I just had struggles that. You know, a lot of people do anyways, and I just mm. have like, people can read it all, all about it. You know, it's like it's like you know, uh, people get to when you get to know somebody, and people w- want to get to know you, and they want to get to know about your past, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, 
Well, now I see it as, well, I don't have to talk about my past, really. You can just read about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is one benefit of, of putting it out there. Um, so do you, do, you t- do you get tired of having to share that story or how do you, you know, is it something now that like, um, I don't, what is the question that I am, I'm trying to ask? Like, is it still as, is it still as like emotionally charged or, um, for you when you share that story or has it become so natural to kind of put it out there and, and be vulnerable? And I, I would even say like, it's a pretty, pretty fearless story to be like, here is, here is a whole year and a half of my life for you to read. That's 12 years of my life. It's 12 years. Sorry. Yeah. A year and a half of writing 12 years of my life. Um, you know, so is it still like very emotionally charged for you to put it out there or has it just because you've shared it so many times, is it something now that's just really natural and like you do without thinking? Um, it was a liberating experience and it was really like, uh, talking to a therapist. Uh, read the writing process. So um, for me, there's a whole section, there's a whole part of um, the book, um, a big part, a big chunk of the book that is about uh, sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talk about it a lot. I mean, one in four women out there are sexually assaulted. And whether it's rape or sexual harassment mm-hmm. or, you know, w- whatever it is, mm-hmm. it's hard. Um, I was raped when I was 18 and I had a really hard time with it. Yeah. I didn't talk to anybody about it. I, um, I didn't even tell my parents for a long time. Oh my gosh. And so, and you know, people, again, people don't understand that, that that's a vulnerable side of me. And like, you know, mm-hmm. it affects you like after that, like, it's not just about it's it's more than just about that night or that day it's about the aftermath and people don't get that so yeah and it's like oh people would tell me oh but you're married like you're fine well no i was i was in a situation and then i was in two ipv relationships um intimate partner violence and had it i didn't understand like that mentality like why do i let people you know Mm -hmm. treat me that Mm -hmm. way Mm-hmm. And then writing this book really made me understand why, because it's like, well, it started with this and then it continued on to mm-hmm. letting mm-hmm. women, like letting other people in, whether it, it's, it, it doesn't have to be a sexual, it just has to, it's just, just people around you. Right. Which is, yeah. again, goes back to, to uh, creating boundaries with people. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that part of that vulnerable part of my life um, really made me understand it. And now it's just like, I'm great. And it's, I have to think writing the process of writing this book really, because that's the main reason also why I started writing it. Because again, it's like, you know, when you're sexually assaulted, the other person is in control. And then mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. epilepsy, it's like, you're not in control you can't even control my your your body body, right so again it's all about control and my book is all about how to survive and how to get through control and how to live life um after 
and how to sur- not to surrender to control. Yeah, that. So, as you as you think about other people who maybe want to share their stories but are struggling, whether they feel like it's as vulnerable as the story that you have or um, because it's maybe very similar in terms of things that they've overcome or even if they feel like it's a million miles away and, you know, I um, is maybe, I don't want to say, I don't want to say better, but maybe isn't as difficult as what they've gone through, but it still feels very vulnerable to them. If they're struggling to talk about, tell that story and share it in an authentic way, like what advice would you give them to kind of help encourage them to get that story out and connect? Well, first of all, I'm available to help out. Um, I give coaching <laughs> and mentoring and mentoring programs for people like me. Um, I work with uh, with people who have illnesses, disabilities, and women like in general who have been through my situation or who have been through yeah. in similar situations. Because I find that having that sort of, um, you know, a friend who has gone through mm-hmm. a similar or a mentor or a similar situation um, is very important. And um, not people will not have that a lot specifically. Um, so that's what I'm here for. And really just finding communities online. Um, sometimes it's not just about talking. It's sometimes it's just finding people that you can relate to. Um, and then and realizing that and sometimes you just need to realize that it's okay if you're not if you're if you're not ready yet to talk about your story. Um, it takes time. Um, mm-hmm. And it's takes a lot of um just thinking and self and it's self self-reflection and first you can learn through other people and then and heal first and it doesn't get better it just you lo- you learn to live with it yeah um but it's like first you learn through others and then once you're ready only and only when you're ready then you can share your story yeah, that's an um, an interesting point to say, like, that it really only comes when you are ready to share it. And I think regardless of, of what type of entrepreneur you are or what your story is, it really, until you are willing to share it or ready, it just doesn't, it doesn't come out authentically, which I think is something that it's really um, is really critical to understand. You can tell kind of bits and pieces of it, um, but yeah. you really can't. It doesn't come out authentically, and it doesn't come out in a way that connects until you've processed it yourself. And I think that's a really. I actually hadn't thought of it that way. I've been as I was kind of thinking about and preparing um, for our conversation, and um, you know my my jumping off point or the reason that I became an entrepreneur is, is not necessarily, it's not rooted in any like, um, major life event that I had to kind of overcome or like through this struggle, like I was laid off. Like that was, that's the long and short of it. Right. Like that's something that I could easily recover from. And it's not, but it's still something that I think has had a really like 
significant impact on the way I think about myself. And so I've, Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, why am I, why am I struggling to kind of share, share my story and get it out there? And I think even though apples to oranges in terms of our experiences, and I don't, I don't want to draw any kind of parallels between, between what we've gone through, but for you to say like, Hey, you have to be ready to share it, I think is a really important part. And I think, especially for people, for listeners who their experience is coming from a really powerful life altering moment for them. I think that's a really important piece to know that like you have to process that and be willing to share it and ready to share it before it can be genuine and authentic. Yeah. And you know, I learned that the hard way really, because Mm. when you go through something, you think you're okay, but your mind and your body just tell you that you're not. And it really got through it. I mean, people online see right through you and people, if you're not okay, it will show online and people will just not want to work with you. And so you got to make sure that you're okay mentally and emotionally and physically as well, because the more you talk about it, the more it drains you. If you are not okay, the more you talk about it, the more it drains you. And Mm -hmm. then it's just a cycle of you trying to, uh, you know, get better, but you're not. Yeah. I, um, I had an episode at the beginning of the year with, um, Dr. Christie who works with entrepreneurs that are dealing with like stress and anxiety. And that was, um, a very similar point that she made that, you know, when you, when you haven't processed whatever event it is that, um, is kind of causing you to, have the stress, the anxiety, the depression, whatever it is, when you haven't processed it and you continue to um, ruminate and repeat and repeat and repeat, you're you're reliving that trauma over and over and over again and you aren't healing. And so that process, like you said, of finding or that way of processing it and finding that and doing it is is like a critical first step. And it's not anything that I actually would have even thought about to say like, hey, if this is going to be part of a story, um, then you you have to have come to terms with it yourself so that it doesn't continue yeah. to drain you. And um, I, I couldn't imagine trying to be, um, be there for other people if you yourself um, were still – in a spot where you were kind of inflicting that on yourself and you hadn't done that work yet. So I think that's a really the point that I wouldn't have thought of or a step that I wouldn't have thought of in the process. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's really amazing work that you're doing. And I, I love that you are working with people specifically who have these kinds of stories, because I think I've met so many over the past year and a half who have, these really big kind of life-changing moments that send them into um, their entrepreneurial journey and to have somebody who has also been through that and has found a way to kind of process it and put it out into the world, I think is a really critical, a really um, beautiful alliance, I should say. Not really critical, but a beautiful alliance. And I, I tell people this all the time. I do think it's really important that people are able to find a coach that can, that has lived a similar journey, because I think that's when you get the most benefit and 
and um, you're able to really connect with someone because they're going to be able to help you get past some of the hurdles that as an entrepreneur, everybody has them, but they're always specific to your experience and what you've gone through. So I think it's just really critical space that you're filling right now that I, I truly haven't seen many other people fill in the, in the same way you do. So with that being said, if there are listeners who want to connect with you and work with you, where can they find you? They can find me on Facebook and Instagram. On Facebook, I am at Stacy with IE dot Kisselman. Uh, K-I-S-E-L-M-A-N. And on Instagram, I am at Stacy I-E, uh, underscore K-I. Awesome. Those will be linked in the show notes. So if you are looking to connect with Stacy, make sure you go there, click on those links. It will take you right to her. That is a wrap for today. Stacy. thank you for sharing your story and everything that you've gone through and how um, you can help other people. I truly appreciate it. And listeners, if you have enjoyed today's conversation, please rate, review, and subscribe to help others like you find this podcast. Until next time.